Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Monday. This is the NBA Strategy Show. He is Greg Ehrenberg. I'm Adam Kaufman, and we are getting ready for tonight's six-game slate. Remember, there is one postponed game. There's just a collection of these this season in the NBA, as we know. But sure, let's have an all-star game. Smart. In the meantime, we're obviously going to look ahead to tonight's six, get into some betting talk, a whole bunch of different stuff. But, Greg, can I just begin with this? I'm done. I'm done with Michael Porter Jr. I can't do it anymore. Every time I'm not I'm not saying he's a bad player. I'm not even saying he's a bad fantasy play. But every single time that I roster him, nope. Just bad. Just straight up bad every time. Yeah, well, all you had to do is roster him once over the last uh three weeks, and that would have been the result because it's been forever since he's had a good game. So yeah, if you've rostered Michael Porter Jr. at all, which a lot of people have, because yesterday he was like 50% owned on DraftKings, he was 40% owned on FanDuel. So, yeah, about about half the field roster, Michael Porter Jr. for, yeah, the dozen slate in a row, and he's been he's been bad in all of them. He's going to have a good game eventually, but that hasn't been the case so far. When you said you were done, I thought you were going to say with the Celtics at first. I figured that was going to be a, <laughs> I thought that was going to be a real point of frustration. Well, it should be, and, uh, and, and it is, after a 24-point second-half collapse yesterday in New Orleans against the Pelicans team that really is not very good, but, hey, turns out neither are the Celtics. So, uh, no, I'm not, uh, I'm, I'm not done with them. My, my bleeding green heart won't allow me to, but uh, frustrated up to, you know, this level at this point in time, sure, very much so. Maybe because they have two good players, and that's about it. <laughs> and then uh, here, here's something else I thought was of interest yesterday. Hmm. Who do you think is the best team in the Eastern Conference? And we were talking a little bit about uh, about odds before we started. Yeah, I think I think that we're starting. To, I think the Nets are by far the best team in the East now. Like okay. I think I think the the Nets. The other thing too is I think there's still a little bit of bias against them just because there were so many bad takes when they first traded for James Harden. People like they actually got worse. It's like no, they they traded for like one of the five best players in the NBA. They didn't they didn't get worse. And I think yesterday was really the first time we started to. I think like a win in the Los Angeles against the Clippers with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George healthy uh, that, and also Kevin Durant was out that game. Like, I think the nets are re- legitimately really good and starting to figure it out now with James Harden running the point guard, uh, taking on a lower usage role. Uh, and the other thing too, is the nets were actually the odds have moved a little bit as of this morning, but they were plus odds to win the division yesterday, which I thought was uh, kind of crazy after they beat the Clippers. Uh, but I think the nets are definitely the best team in the East. Would you agree with that at this point? It's hard not to, but I, I come at it. So I was one of those people that I, I wouldn't say that I, I had an inflammatory take at the time that, uh, that they traded for Harden, i.e. like they got worse. Of course, that's ridiculous. But I certainly was someone who was uh, vocally skeptical about whether or not it would work out. You know, I, I kind of looked at it and said, you know, this is a team that obviously you put three talents together like that in Harden and Durant and Irving. And yeah, I mean, sky's the limit. Like, of course, it could win a championship. But you also have three drama queens together that this thing could implode faster than fast and they could be, you know, a a second round playoff exit. And it's just a matter of whether or not there's going to be buy in there, because I I just wondered what the, you know, kind of what 
and, and forgive me if this sounds stupid, but like what the common goal was, you know what I mean? Like anytime a, uh, a, a super team of the modern era, you know, three guys have been put together. You think back obviously to Miami when those guys got together or obviously, you know, what kind of started the whole trend again with the 07, 08 Celtics, people like to hearken back to that. And the, the common goal of, you know, Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce and Ray Allen putting their individual numbers aside, they've accomplished everything there is to accomplish individually. They've never won a championship. Well, it didn't feel like that was going to be the buy-in here because obviously you got Kyrie, who's already hit arguably the biggest shot in game seven of the NBA finals ever. And you've got Kevin Durant, who's won multiple championships. So it's just Harden. So what is the buy-in going to be? And I never in a million years would have thought that Harden would be the guy sacrificing usage. I thought for sure that was going to be Irving. If anyone is going to sacrifice out of these three, it has to be Irving for this to work out. And it turns out, not the case, obviously. They have figured it out faster than anybody would have thought. Now, they can score at will. They're a sieve defensively, but they don't care about defense. They have no intention of playing defense. They just want to run up the score, score as many points as they can. If they put up 125 a game, they don't care if they allow 120, and that's that. So, you know, I think the the defensive concerns are the only reason, you know, right now that would give me any sort of pause or obviously, if one of those guys went down, because I don't think they're a great team without one of those guys, certainly not the best in the East. But I think right now, to the point of your question, you have to put them over Milwaukee, you have to put them over the Sixers. And then there's just, you know, nobody else is even in that tier right now. Yeah, and you didn't even throw the you didn't even throw the Celtics in there. I was curious. They're if you were not bring contenders. Up I, but... Look, I'd, I'd love to with my personal bias, but this is not a contending team at the moment. Yeah, and I know you hate Kyrie Irving too. The other thing too, with with some of the personality things, I think it's so overblown. I think people do not like these players. Therefore, they like to make it out to be some real bigger issue than it actually is. Like, sure. uh, like Kyrie Irving's time in Boston, you know who likes Kyrie Irving? So the, the players who played with him. Jalen Brown still says positive things about him. Jason Tatum still says positive things about him. The people who don't say positive things about him are the the media and the, the media and the fans. But like, what does that matter, right? right? If if the media and the fans say this guy's an issue, we don't like him. I don't think that impacts on court play at all. Jalen Brown has still said on the record fairly recently he has no issues with Kyrie Irving. He thought that Kyrie Irving was a great mentor while he was there. Jason Tatum has said similar things, but the media and the fans like to paint a different picture. But it's just because they've taken a stance they don't like Kyrie Irving based on his you know quirky, weird personality or other off court stuff, or just the fact also that you know he scorned a team where fans really want him to be there um obviously and I, I think now in hindsight they're gonna disagree and say they never wanted to be there but that's really what it goes down to right is that Kyrie Irving left Boston if he hadn't left Boston I don't think the fans would have had an issue with him the the broader point here though uh, the Nets could be found at as as low as like minus 120 to win the Atlantic division and I think that's a really good bet at this point yeah it's interesting it's definitely interesting and I, I am just one of those I am I am a skeptic in the sense that I'm waiting for it to kind of combust. But so far, I mean, they have come together at uh, at rapid speed. I mean, much, much faster than anyone would have anticipated. And, and it look, if you've got NBA League Pass or, you know, you're watching however you're watching, it's, it's, it's fun. It's a fun product to watch as long as you don't care about defense. You like, you know, the, the old school kind of Mike D'Antoni style offense, which, by the way, makes so much sense that Steve Nash is the head coach of this team you know, running a very similar offense in his first opportunity as a head coach. Yeah, and Dan Tony's an assistant coach, and I right. assume that he's the one orchestrating the offense anyway. Right. So, like we said, and get your questions, your comments, whatever it is, into the YouTube chat, into the Osmo Premium Slack channel. We are here for you. Smash that like button, hit the subscribe button, and, uh, and you know, any notifications you want to get those when new programming is coming your way is – so many times a day here on the Osmo YouTube channel, things do. Later on today, for instance, there will obviously be uh, more NBA talk. I mean, the the sort of stuff that we're getting into right now, it almost feels tangential compared to what you're going to be getting later on in the day, just because at that point in time, you'll have a better idea of who's in, who's out, minutes, restrictions, whatever it may be. Right now, we're just looking at what we know right now, but we are still hours upon hours away from lock. You will also, this afternoon, get the next... Uh, you know, PGA DFS preview, you know, oftentimes not today, but oftentimes on Mondays, you'll get MMA uh, later on, you'll get NHL. So a lot of great stuff, hit the like, hit the subscribe button. It is greatly appreciated. So as mentioned, six games slate today, and, and we'll get into them game by game as we tend to, but just starting broad big picture here. 
Uh, some of the top plays today, fantasy plays today. You got LeBron, top of the heap. He is projected for north of 60 fantasy points by our own Alex Baker. You got Luka Doncic, Damian Lillard, Russell Westbrook, Zach Levine, Bradley Beal, John Wall, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo. All these guys, provided they are, in fact, all in, obviously. Do you have favorites? Yeah, it's hard to not like LeBron right now. Still a bigger role for him with Anthony Davis out. And then we also have uh, Dennis Schroeder, who is dealing with... Uh, I guess COVID. I don't, I don't know if they've actually said whether he's tested positive or not, but he's in the health and safety protocols. So he's out for today. And with those guys out, LeBron has to play, uh, has to play a bigger role, more minutes for him, more usage in the offense. Uh, something else too with LeBron is even though he hasn't had uh, some of the best games since these guys have been out, I'm not all that concerned about it because of the matchup going up against Washington. This is one of the best matchups possible for fantasy purposes. Uh, the total for this game is also set at 226 points, which is one of the higher totals on the slate. Actually, all the totals are fairly similar other than the Heat OKC game, which is a 212 total. Uh, LeBron was pretty mediocre as a chalk play last game against the Heat, but that was also a game that had a 208 total, if I remember the exact number off the top of my head. So the pace of play is going to be a little bit faster in this game and uh, just a great matchup against a Washington team that if the Nets aren't the, the worst defense in the Eastern Conference, it's because the Wizards are. Although looking like just looking at the totals for tonight, I mean, they're basically all of these games aside from the heat and thunder have high totals yeah. tonight, but the, you know, top of the heap here, uh, not unlike LeBron, but of course, different game here, Grizzlies and Mavericks at two thirty-one and a half and a half is where things stand right now. So is that a game just in general, you're going to be targeting just to, you know, try and uh, <laughs> take advantage of those fantasy points as best as you can. Uh, it depends what happens with Memphis because Memphis had a ton of guys out the other day and it's hard to know if that's going to be the case again for, for this slate. Uh, it, I think a lot of those guys were resting, so I expect them to be back, but I'm not totally sure yet. So it depends what the injury situation is for, for Memphis, but the, the total isn't, isn't something that would necessarily put me on a spot. It just depends on what, on what value ends up being available. Well, we're about 15 minutes into the show, and we haven't talked about any of the specific games yet tonight, so I suppose we should probably do that. Let's begin with Chicago and Houston here, and uh, again, obviously our hearts go out to everyone, you know, in Texas in general and everything that is happening, Houston included, just, you know, a, a terrible scene down there, and so thoughts and prayers with all of you. Uh, but as uh, we look at this game beginning on the Chicago side here, you got Zach Levine at the top, Kobe White, uh, Wendell Carter Jr., all strong plays. I'm not sure there's anyone you'd necessarily be drawn to after those three. But how are you feeling? Yeah, it, it's pretty hard to figure out the minutes for the role players for Chicago. We know that Zach Levine is going to play a big role and he's going to play a ton of minutes. But then some of the other guys, Kobe White's minutes have fluctuated a little bit recently. Thad Young's minutes have fluctuated. Patrick Williams, uh, Wendell Carter Jr. A lot of these guys play inconsistent minutes. And it looks like this could be a slate with a decent amount of value. And if that's the case, it's going to be hard to get after some of these other Bulls guys. So like Wendell Carter Jr., for example, I think that he is one of the more favorable price tags on DraftKings if we were to get 30 minutes out of him. But his playing time over the last uh, five games, 21 minutes, 21 minutes, 27 minutes, 25 minutes, 33 minutes. So there is no real consistency there with him in terms of playing time. And then we look at Kobe White, who a couple games ago at, at halftime, the Bulls mixed up their starting lineup and they started Thomas Sadoransky at point guard over Kobe White to start the second half. So Kobe White's minutes in the last three games, 24 minutes, 27 minutes, 35 minutes. So another player where his minutes are all over the map. So the only guy that I really have a good amount of confidence in here in terms of playing big minutes with usage and playing well is Zach Levine. And there are other options I prefer to pay up for than Levine. So Levine's definitely going to be in my player pool and I'm going to get some exposure to him, but I don't think he's going to be a primary target for me. And then the other role players on the Bulls, they don't really look like they're going to be guys that I'm all that interested in. Obviously there's no such thing as an autoplay in DFS, but just, Continuing on with what you were talking about with Zach Levine, I know you're not necessarily in love with him tonight specifically compared to some of the other guys you could roster, but you know, he's been so good. You know, he is an all-star, at least in my estimation, many people's as well. He is routinely, it feels like putting up 30 plus real points, never mind fantasy points. And like you said, he's getting the usage. How close is he becoming to one of those guys? Obviously slate dependent. Um, I don't know. I don't think I don't think of it in those terms. It's just every slate is just who are the best plays on a points per dollar basis. So like mm -hmm. Zach Levine, if he was to be eight thousand next slate, then I'd be like, yeah, he's one of the best plays on the slate. But if Zach Levine's price all of a sudden went up to eleven thousand, then I'd be like, well, I don't have interest in him in that price. So it, it totally depends on what his price goes to. And 
it's hard to say without knowing a price or a matchup on somebody a week from now, if he's somebody that I definitely want to play. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Zach Levine, I, I think we could pretty reliably say that we're going to get, you know, 45 to 50 or so fantasy points from every day. He's been really consistent for a while now, actually in terms of DraftKings points, he's had at least 45 DraftKings points now in uh, like 10 consecutive games. So, I mean, there, there haven't been very many bad games for him as of late. So one of the chats says, Adam, turn off your stage voice. <laughs> Is that what this sounds like to you? My stage voice? I don't know. You always sound the same to me. You always sound, yeah, just, it's always the same dumb stuff. Like there's, there's, there's no, there's no alternative. Is there? <laughs> no, it's, I just have a really high pitched Elmo sounding voice <laughs> when I'm not on the air the rest of the time, just bring it down a couple notches. All right, let's go to the Houston side. Then you got John Wall and uh, Eric Gordon. Victor Oladipo is not expected to play, not projected to in this moment to Marcus Cousins. Uh, well, he shouldn't really even, Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Be in this mix, right? As things stand right now, and they're moving on from him. But at the moment, projected for uh, uh, five and a half X value based on Alex's projections. You could pay down. There's PJ Tucker as well, who becomes that much better a play, assuming that you don't have DeMarcus Cousins. Where's that stand in this moment? I'm so confused by the DeMarcus Cousins situation because it, here's here's the timeline of events that happened last week. First, they guaranteed his contract for the rest of the season. Right. The day after guaranteeing his contract for the rest of the season, uh, a report came out that he the, the team had agreed to part ways. They were going to they were going to uh, move on from each other. DeMarcus Cousins, I guess, was looking for somewhere else where he's going to get more playing time. That hasn't been the case in Houston so far, at least not when Christian Wood is healthy. When Christian Wood's been out, we've seen some big games from DeMarcus Cousins. We've seen times where he's played big minutes. Then the next day, a report came out that DeMarcus Cousins is still going to play on Monday, hmm. which I was like, okay, that doesn't make any sense. And then a couple hours later, he, he was listed as questionable on the injury report because he's dealing with a heel injury. So I don't, know, I don't know what the hell is going on. This is so bizarre to me. Number one, like, I don't understand why you agree to part ways with a team. It's like, but, we're gonna, but I'm still going to play on Monday. And then he's also dealing with an injury at the same time. So there's so many factors here that are so bizarre that I, I don't know what to make of it. Um. I, I need more information here. I, my gut feeling is that DeMarcus Cousins doesn't play because on one hand, it's like, why would you play him at this point? But then the other thing too, is you look at, you look at the Rockets uh, lineup and who's healthy for them. And until they get Christian Wood back, they don't have any big men other than DeMarcus Cousins. They have uh, PJ Tucker who's played center in the past, but beyond him, they have, they have nothing. Like I don't even know who the next tallest player on the roster is. Maybe it's Jay Sean Tate and he's like six, 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 seven. So I see why they just need his body out there, but it's such a weird situation where he's questionable. He's not with the team, but he's still playing. They're moving on or something. It's weird. I, I want more information on the front court before I know who's a viable play uh, in terms of some of the value there. Cause if DeMarcus Cousins is out, then depending on the starting lineup, we could definitely see like David Nwaba could become a stronger play. Uh, Jay Sean Tate, maybe he would be somebody I want to roster, but I just don't know what the status is of DeMarcus Cousins right now. Uh, as for other guys, John Wall, He's okay as a secondary option. The primary play for me on Houston right now is Eric Gordon. He's reasonably priced on FanDuel and DraftKings. Uh, he's also in line for uh, another start and big minutes with uh, with Victor Oladipo remaining out. Victor Oladipo, who is officially listed as doubtful to play today. The 5300 price tag on FanDuel for Eric Gordon is just ridiculously cheap. If you look at his last handful of starts in terms of FanDuel points, uh, 33 fantasy points, 31 27 41 23 so he's one bad game and his price just got totally nuked so 5300 for eric gordon on Fanduel. it makes him to me the best shooting guard play on the slate with regard to cousins or i mean anybody else but especially cousins obviously with what you just talked about this at least it feels like the kind of situation where this shouldn't be happening right before lock right like we should have a pretty good idea by midday or or maybe a little bit later whether or not he's going to play and then what happens to all the value opportunities on that team. Like this doesn't, this, this should be a weird thing to drag out in light of everything you just mentioned. Oh, it, it's cute that you think that, that, that we would just, that we would just conveniently, <laughs> yeah, that we would just convenient, like, oh yeah. Cause the, like, we're definitely gonna get convenient news that happens all the time. I mean, maybe <laughs> like, like maybe yeah, like, if, if he's legitimately injured and he's just out on the injury report, then yeah, we'll probably know that ahead of time. But 
it, it's definitely a possibility he ends up being ruled active and then just doesn't play because mm. what, what's the real motivation to play him at this point other than that there's no active big men on the roster. So I don't know that we're definitely going to get news ahead of time. Uh, unless we hear for sure, like 100%, DeMarcus Cousins is starting, he's in the lineup, uh, and he's going to play minutes, then even if he's active, I'm, I'm not going to get exposure to him. It's just such a weird situation, and I think there's too much of a risk of him being ruled active and then not playing minutes unless he's actually starting. I like that. Greg basically saying, that's nice fairies and lollipop yeah. land you're living <laughs> in over there, Cough. Yeah, sounds great. Yeah, I mean, look look at some of the the just goofy injury report news we've had recently. Where well, Look at Steph Curry getting ruled out after lock the which, other night with a tummy ache or whatever he had going on. And here's the, here's the issue with that is NBA games do not start on time. Correct. NBA like So is what happens is because people say like, oh, why don't the sites move lock? Why don't they do this? Why don't do that? The issue is that the NBA doesn't start games on time. And a lot of times players either get hurt in warmups or they're testing out an injury and they don't feel well enough to play. So what happened with Steph Curry, Steph warmed up with the team. And then he started to not feel well while he was warming up and said, hey, I, I can't play tonight. I don't feel well and pulled himself out of the game. And the reason it was after lock is because the game started 20 minutes after the scheduled tip-off. If, if the game had started on time, then Steph, then Steph, uh, Steph would have gotten ruled out at whatever it was, like 640 that day. Right. But because tip-off is so much later than what it's supposed to be, for really no reason either. Like, there's no benefit that I see to NBA games just never starting on time. MLB games start on time. Mm-hmm. NFL games, every Sunday, NFL kicks off at 1 o'clock. Yeah. NBA games, it's just impossible. They're like, hey, we start whenever we start. Yeah. And that's, that's, the real issue. that's the real issue. I had uh, a collection of head-to-heads that night, as, as I do every night. And, oh, I tell you, the angry text that I got from people <laughs> who rostered Steph Curry. <laughs> well, what the hell? We're done before the night's even started. Look, I didn't make you roster him. But it's yeah. true. Like, it, you know, it's especially, you know, you sort of make your own bed if, if you're rostering a guy who's questionable, right? And you're, you know, you're assuming he's going to play or you find out, you know, from our own news god or somebody else, he's going to play like LeBron every single night. He's probable or he's questionable. But I mean, the Steph situation just came out of nowhere. Like there was no reason to believe he wasn't going to play and you got screwed. Yeah. And then uh, to tie a betting angle into this, sports books are not equipped to be able to handle injury news after after the game is already started, after the game is already locked. Because the way that betting currently works is, uh, so let's say Steph would have gotten rolled out at 630 that day a bunch of people would have started betting on the Hornets against the Warriors. And that would have triggered something at sports to be like, Oh, Oh, a bunch of people are betting on this game. We have to take the line down and readjust when there's a live line like that. And the game's about to start and already under action. There's no taking the line down. It already exists. And there's nothing that triggers any kind of red flags because people are constantly betting on games for live betting purposes anyway. So that game, the Hornets were three point underdogs up to the point where they were fit, up to the point. I think it was 17 to nine. They were up by in the first quarter. They were underdogs at that point without Steph Curry. And then Jermon Green also ended up getting hurt later in the game. So in terms of live betting, it's not something I do a, I do a ton. But like that was a really obvious value situation. It was something that I also tweeted about where that's something you look for in games. If there's an in-game injury or something weird that happens, it's unexpected or a player gets ejected or fouls out. That's something that books don't adjust for all that quickly in terms of live betting. And that's, that's something to get value on. We'll continue on with our next game in a moment. First, I want to tell you about our sponsor here for this show, No House Advantage, taking a different spin on daily fantasy sports by offering player prop contests across, of course, the NBA, MLB, which is right around the corner, spring training, full squad workouts underway for many clubs. You got the NFL right around the corner as well, I, I guess. I mean, at least I want to pretend that's the case. PGA and uh, all of it. There, there's so much for cash prizes as well. This exclusively peer-to-peer fantasy sports platform levels the playing field, makes it easy easier for you to win real cash compared with your traditional DFS sites. Now, the best part, you can join for free today. That's right. Join for free today. Download the No House Advantage app. Sign up using promo code AWESOMO to get your first deposit and a match up to $20. Okay? Beat your friends, not the house. Win big with player props today. Again, No House Advantage, our show sponsor here. Just something for you to be aware of. And we are closing in on 100 likes with up over 500 people watching here on a Monday morning. Smash that like. We appreciate you and uh, all the dedication to the Osmo YouTube page that I imagine you have been spending here bright and early on a Monday morning that uh, began way back with Josh's process to start off the show uh, or uh, the day as well. A lot going on here. So we go to Memphis and uh, Dallas, that game happening in Texas as well. Uh, and again, you can't say enough about what is happening in Dallas. So on the Memphis side here, Greg, uh, I would say the best play probably is Justice Winslow, which is uh, it's 
crazy to say that it feels like a lot of the time uh, when you have someone like uh, John Morant available to you or Jonas Valanciunas as well, who are both in good spots also. Probably not as compelled to play a Kyle Anderson, though it's close. But how are you feeling about this group? Yeah, so uh, the, the uh, Memphis's last game, they rested Grayson Allen, Brandon Clark, and Kyle Anderson, and then Dylan Brooks was out because of a thigh injury. So for now, I, it looks like Dylan Brooks is going to remain out, and I'm assuming that Grayson Allen, Kyle Anderson, and Brandon Clark are back in the lineup. I'm not totally sure that's going to be the case, except I assume that's the case right now. Uh, I agree with you on Justice Winslow. Uh, stronger as a uh, DraftKings play than a FanDuel plays 3900 on FanDuel. But on DraftKings, he's priced at uh, 3600 So 3600 also with more positional flexibility. Justice Winslow makes sense there. Uh, yesterday was the first game he played all season. It was actually the first game he played in over a year. He was dealing with a hip injury last year. There was a handful of other things. Justice Winslow's always hurt. He's always dealing with something. But it had been a really long time since he played, so he was on a minutes restriction last game. But he still played 21 minutes, which was more than I was expecting for him after the long layoff. Uh, the last time he had played before that was... January 8th of 2020. And by the way, he got hurt in that game. And before that, he hadn't played since December 4th of 2019. So he had played basically one game in almost a year and a half, Justice Winslow. So him coming back playing 21 minutes, I think that's pretty encouraging. That says a lot about where his health's at right now that they felt comfortable enough to play him 21 minutes. I assume that he was only going to play like 12 or 14 minutes in that game. And also he shot the ball a ton when he was out on the court, uh, trying to make up for a lost time. Justice Winslow at a 35% usage rate. Uh, in the 21 minutes he played. So I assume he's going to be uh, a fairly key part of the Grizzlies rotation going forward. Not that he's going to play 30 minutes or anything like that anytime soon, but 21 minutes last game. So as long as we could expect something in the neighborhood of, you know, 20 plus minutes again on this slate, a guy who in the past has been over a point per minute fantasy producer. Uh, I think he makes for a good play on DraftKings. The uh, overall pace of play in this game, that should also benefit him. So Justice Winslow is somebody that I'm looking at as a value play on DraftKings as a payup option. I think John Morant makes sense on both FanDuel and DraftKings. I would like to roster Jonas Valanciunas, but it's so hard to expect big minutes out of him. Uh, as In terms of just points per minute, he's terrific when he's out on the court, but the minutes are never enough. He's played under 30 minutes now in five of the last six games, uh, only 25 minutes last game. That was due to a blowout, uh, but then games before that, but 28 minutes against OKC, 28 minutes against the Pelicans, and that's a matchup that we would expect him to play bigger minutes in. Uh, against the Kings, he only played 26 minutes. So it, it's hard for me to look at Jonas Valanciunas and project him to play 32, 33 minutes because the minutes are, are never there. So that caps his upside a little bit for me. Uh, primary plays here, Morant on the high end, and then Justice Winslow for value, uh, but more on DK with Winslow than FanDuel. To your point, Steven says Winslow was not shy about shooting three out of 14, which obviously is a uh, terrible percentage. But yeah, I mean, from a usage standpoint, obviously he was out there doing stuff. Yeah, 14 shots in 21 minutes is a crazy rate. Like he was, because just think, there's a 24-second shot clock. He was he was shooting, like, there's, I mean, we know what the usage rate was, but that's, I mean, he's getting up a shot almost per minute. That's a, that's a crazy, <laughs> that's a crazy amount that he's out there shooting. On the other side for Dallas here, I mean, clearly you're always going to consider, if not lean toward playing a Luka Doncic, but is there anyone else? I mean, Luka feels like really the only one for me right now. Yeah, um, I think Kristaps Porzingis on FanDuel at least is a good play, and not even because there's some kind of crazy value to his price. He's at uh, 7800 on FanDuel, which I think is about fair for him, except it's just the way the power forward sets up where we need to roster two power forwards in the positional scarcity on FanDuel. There are not very many power forwards to like on the site, so that makes Kristaps Porzingis, at least as of now, one of the primary options for me. Luka Doncic is a payup uh, pay choice. I like him a bunch. I don't like him as much as LeBron, but he's my second favorite payup option on the slate. Uh, so considering all that, I think that uh, that's that's where I want to go with the Dallas Mavericks is mostly towards Luka and then exposure to Porzingis on FanDuel. As for the role players, there isn't a whole lot to see here because almost all of the production comes from Luka and Porzingis. Beyond that, there's a bunch of guys who are playing, you know, like 26 to 28 minutes per game and scoring somewhere in the neighborhood of 20 fantasy points without a whole bunch of upside. So it's it's really just those two guys that are that are creating fantasy points. Yeah, maybe Tim Hardaway Jr. It's about it. Uh, Want to remind everybody: get all the access that you need that you want to the Osmo Plus tools and content. Nearly every DFS sport out there with an Osmo Plus weekly pass. It is less than thirty bucks. It's twenty nine ninety five. You see what we did there? This includes full access to all the premium content and tools on Osmo, including, of course 
player projections that we talk about all the time, uh, ownership projections, our premium Slack channel, so much more. There's Fantasy Cruncher, there's Lineup Builder, they're you know, looking at the optimal. There's a lot of great stuff available to you. And if you're only looking to play NBA, you want to forget about those other sports, NHL, PGA, MMA, NASCAR, whatever else going on right now, that's okay. NBA weekly, just $16.95. You can sign up for that package as well. We appreciate that you do. And we also appreciate that continue pounding that like button, sitting at 100, about 600 watching. Keep hitting that like, hit the subscribe. It is uh, appreciated. Now, there are uh, our guy, El Negro Loco. So, good morning, uh, Nerd Ask Greg, Beardless Adam. I'm listening. Small issue. In customer Slack, well, uh, you know, get after it, El Negro Loco. We trust you, man. Not to worry. Appreciate that you're here with us. We've got uh, a game a lot of people, Greg, have been talking about in the chat, just as we've been going on talking about other games. They've been fixated on Miami and Oklahoma City. Uh, and really from the standpoint of who's going to get ruled out when? Because the expectation is for both of these teams, you know, somebody that we're not thinking about right now, or not necessarily not thinking about, but somebody that we don't know right now is not going to play, inevitably will not play, whether that ends up. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Being a, uh, you know, a, a butler or a hero for Miami, Horford or, you know, any number of guys on OKC. So uh, we can start here with Miami. I, as things stand, which, you know, I, I feel like we really need to highlight. Obviously, there's, you know, there's Hero, there's Butler, there's Adebayo. I don't think any of them are in great spots necessarily. You could pay down for a Kelly Olenek or a Duncan Robinson, a Kendrick Nunn. But I don't know, in general, again, just to further emphasize what we know right now, I don't really like Miami in this game. So Tyler Hero's question will play. In terms of people saying, who's the player who's going to get ruled out? I don't like I don't I don't know if if I knew that that we would know right I can't I right. can't say what, what what do you know what do you think's gonna happen that we don't know about I don't know if I knew I would know but uh, Tyler Hero's question will play he's dealing with a hip injury if he's out then Kendrick Dunn stands to gain the most he's had some big games recently he would have more secure minutes as a starting point guard so that's really the primary option for me here is if Tyler Hero's out then I'd look at Kendrick Dunn Beyond that, uh, mild interest in Kelly Olenek on FanDuel because he's only 4,400, and we've seen some big games from him because his minutes fluctuate a ton. So the difference between somebody like Kelly Olenek with not secure minutes and somebody like Jonas Valanciunas, who doesn't have secure minutes, is that Olenek is only 4,400 on FanDuel, and Valanciunas is one of the most expensive centers on the slate. He is uh, 7,500 on FanDuel, so the second most expensive behind Rudy Gobert. I feel better about rostering somebody cheap who has a lot of minutes fluctuation where it's if we get 30 minutes out of Kelly Olenek at 4,400, he could break the slate at center. We saw something similar happen the other day when he played against the Kings. If you don't get those minutes out of Jonas Valanciunas, it just kind of ruins your lineup. If you don't get those minutes out of Kelly Olenek, he could still play 20 minutes and have an okay game. Uh, like we saw a few games ago against the Warriors. He played 23 minutes. He scored 20 fantasy points at 4,400. That's not going to kill you. Uh, so I think the upside for Kelly Olenek makes him worthwhile, at least on FanDuel. And then uh, in terms of guys like Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, not guys I want to get exposure to right now. I think there's better payoff options. Also. We have a ton of studs to choose from, right? We have LeBron James, Damian Lillard, Luka Doncic. And the total for this game is 212. So that is a full 14 points less than the second slowest pace expected game on the slate. So that's a little bit of an issue for me the pace of play for this game, it, it looks like there's going to be way less possessions than any other game on the slate. So other spots that I prefer to target than the heat and unless, uh, unless hero gets rolled out or other unexpected players that people are expecting for some reason. What about on the other side here? Uh, you know, kind of similarly what we know right now, nobody is a really compelling play, but it just feels like, especially for a team like the thunder that has been ruling guys out like crazy throughout this year, that inevitably some news is going to drop that, you know, suddenly, a you know, a, a, a Dort, a Diallo, a Roby, they just become extreme value. Uh, well, I'm not expecting anybody to get ruled out because none of them are on the injury report right now. So I have to expect all of them to play. If I just randomly guess that people would be out, then it would open up all kinds of value for me. So that would also be <laughs> nearly impossible to project. Uh, SGA Justin shot, Jackson Knight, you heard it here first. 
Um, yeah, probably won't be Justin Jackson night for me. The yeah. the one thing is uh, Al Horford is probably not going to play. It's the tail end of a back-to-back. So uh, I think we could anticipate that he won't play just because he typically doesn't play in back-to-backs. Um, I don't think he's on the injury report right now. Um, but still, I, I just I just always mark him out for back-to-backs. But even so, a bunch of other guys on the team have already been priced up. So like Isaiah Roby has been a good play in a lot of situations where – Al Horford's been out, except Roby's at 4,900. So the other games we've gone after Roby and targeted him, he's been, you know, like close to min price on, on DraftKings. And we still have Darius Baisley in the mix. Um, there's still, uh, like, like you said, Justin Jackson's played front court minutes. Mike Uscala's played front court minutes. Uh, so there's a lot of other guys they can go to. So I think you can roster Roby, except he's not somebody who's going to be a primary target for me. Uh, one guy who I am definitely looking at, though, is Shai Gilgis-Alexander, specifically on FanDuel. Mm-hmm. Uh, 7500 price tag for him is really cheap, even with the pace of play expected to be low. Uh, it's hard to get away from that kind of salary on him because he's averaging over 40 fantasy points per game for the season, and we just never see him this cheap. He was – actually, I'm trying to look at what his cheapest price was of the season. He was 7800 last game. Uh, beyond that, he hasn't been below 8000 basically the entire season, so – I don't really know why you would go all the way down to 7,500. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I think it's a little bit of a pricing error on FanDuel. He's someone I haven't rostered in a while, you know, when I'm making my nightly lineups. Yeah, I feel like at the beginning of the season, you know, first couple of weeks, I was rostering him pretty much whenever he was available. And uh, in, you know, the last several weeks, he's, he's just hasn't even been on my radar. I don't know if that's because he's been overpriced or if he's just underperformed. So it's different also because – I play on FanDuel and DraftKings, and I know that you play on DraftKings, and he's been just cheaper on DK on FanDuel than he has been on DraftKings. So, I mean, today's seventy five hundred on FanDuel, he's eighty four hundred on DraftKings. Mm. So that makes a that makes a big difference. And then we've kind of seen that being similar for a lot of slates this year, where he's just been like two three hundred or more expensive on DraftKings than he is on FanDuel. So he's always set up as a better play on FanDuel and DraftKings. Then also just because of positional scarcity, there's a lot of slates where the shooting guard position just sucks on FanDuel. And you have to roster two two shooting guards, which isn't the case on DraftKings. So, yeah, there's been a lot of slates where SGA has just been a better play on FanDuel than DK. Folks, stay up to date on the latest NBA DFS news with uh, our Osmo NBA Twitter handle. It's not just the regular Osmo Twitter handle. You got the Osmo NBA Twitter handle. Our guy News God, who is of course hanging out, listening along, will be delivering the latest on injuries, starting lineups, minutes, limits, and more before lock and as soon as we know it for that matter. News breaks. News God is right there providing it to you, especially uh, not only on his Twitter, but in the Osmo Premium Slack channel. So you want to be in there for the breaking NBA news. And uh, give Osmo NBA, that's at Osmo NBA, a follow. Check out News God's Twitter handle as well. News, N-E-W-Z, God underscore DFS. And catch Ship My Money's deep dive article that is free this season to prepare you for the slate. It is uh, a compelling read, a lot of it just incredibly, uh, I mean, deep for lack of a better term, right? It is a deep dive. There's a deep uh, look at uh, so much information, every single game, both sides. There's there's just a lot out there. Greg has you know written that article in the past as well, so he knows the amount of work that goes into that thing. It's a must read if you are playing NBA DFS tonight, or for that matter, any other night. So we got about 20 minutes left here. Let's uh, go on to the next game because we got a few left to go through. Portland and Phoenix. Now, for the Blazers, it's not like Damian Lillard is ever a bad play, you know, at least on the surface. And his canter, more often than not, has been a uh, better than good, a oftentimes great play at points this season. But if there's anyone on this side of the ball that I'm looking at in this game tonight, it's probably Anthony Simons more than anybody else. And then, uh, you know, I'm getting my studs, my higher price guys somewhere else. Yeah, so, I mean, Damian Lillard is going to be in my player pool, except he's a lower priority option than some of the other pay-up plays. So, uh, Lillard, 10900 I'd rather spend up $500 extra dollars to get to Luka Doncic. I have Luka projected way higher than Lillard. And I have LeBron projected for more fantasy points than Lillard, and LeBron's $500 less expensive on DraftKings. Then on FanDuel, if we look at the, the point guard position, Damian Lillard, once again, 10500 Luka Doncic, 11200 So, with them in the same neighborhood... I would rather pay up for Luka Doncic than Damian Lillard. It doesn't mean I'm fading Dame, but I'm getting way more exposure to LeBron and Luka tonight than I am to Lillard. So that makes him uh, not somebody who is going to appear in a mass amount of my lineups. In the first build I did, I had him uh, right around 10% on both FanDuel and DraftKings. I assume that's where I'm going to be probably around lock also. And 
unless just a crazy amount of value opens up, right? I just jam a, a ton of studs into lineups. Uh, that's it. That's where it looks like. It looks like I'm going to be probably a little bit underweight to the field on Damian Lillard. Uh, in terms of other guys on the Blazers, th- there's nothing that really stands out. Uh, so much of the production has come from Dame as of late. His his usage rating is really high. Uh, he's playing a bunch of minutes. And then you just look at some of the other guys who are on the team, you know, whether it be Derek Jones or uh, Gary Trent Jr., Robert Covington, Carmelo Anthony. Uh, it's It's guys who are playing, you know, 28 32 minutes per game except it's it's not like they're producing terrific fantasy points per minute numbers and then also their prices are fair at this point so there was a point in time where we were able to roster Carmelo Anthony for uh you know like 4,400 there was a time where Gary Trent was right around 4,000 and now these guys are all priced appropriately so there's no real value there I think the pricing is about fair and it's also a pretty tough matchup against the Suns the Suns have been really good defensively this year and that's something else to at least consider yourself to, that makes me a little bit concerned about Damian Lillard is he's going to be defended by Chris Paul. Chris Paul is one of the best individual point guard defenders in the league and has been for the last 10 years. I don't think that's enough to stop Damian Lillard. I think that he's pretty much matchup proof, but it's enough for me to at least uh, give a little bit more of a lean towards LeBron James and Luka Doncic. Our guy, Jordan producer, he's hanging out in the chat. He's reminding you to smash the like button. He does that. He types on occasion in the chat just to keep himself awake when we're boring him on the show uh, for uh Phoenix, however, and uh, forgive me for starting with Portland. I know we tend to start with the road team. For Phoenix, I mean, there's Chris Paul, Devin Booker, DeAndre, and obviously, you know, names that we're used to talking about. I just don't think there's necessarily even one standout play here for the Suns in this game. By the way, you're, you're good, Kaufman. The Suns are at home. Oh, did I have that wrong? All right, good. No, you, see, you, accidentally got, you accidentally got it right. Man, how about <laughs> that? Good for me. What a, even when, what a way to start Monday. Even when you mess up, you're right. So, I've been saying this a whole bunch about Chris Paul and Devin Booker this year. When they both play in games together, they just cannibalize each other's production. There's been very, very few times where we've seen Paul or Booker in a GPP winning lineup with both of them active. So there's other guys I'd rather target on this slate. DeAndre Ayton, he's been impacted in the starting line playing with Chris Paul and Devin Booker. His usage is down this year. He hasn't had very many big games. So I, I'm not interested really in anybody from the Phoenix side of the game. Uh, I think this is one of the weaker, weaker games to target on the slate. Um, and I, that's how I feel about most Suns games now. There are very few slates unless Devin Booker's out, then I can roster Chris Paul. When Chris Paul's out, I can roster Devin Booker. Outside of that, the Suns have just been a team I've I've not really gotten much exposure to. Caleb in the chat says, who are your spend-ups today in your guys' opinion? So, you know, I know we covered some of that, obviously, at the beginning of the show, but Caleb or anyone else joining us late, who are your favorite pay-up options? LeBron James and Luka Doncic. LeBron being number one. Very good. Let us continue on Charlotte and Utah. And uh, I promise you the Hornets are the road team in this game. So uh, I don't know. I mean, kind of like the game we were just talking about, there's just not a lot here, you know, barring somebody getting ruled out, obviously. I mean, you can, it it doesn't mean LaMelo Ball or Gordon Hayward or Terry Rozier or, you know, PJ Washington, like these guys are all going to have bad nights or something like that. But I don't feel like any of them are a must roster or even necessarily, you know, have to be in your player pool. Yeah. And it's such a tough matchup going up against Utah. Utah's, just been a world beater in the regular season. They're really running through everybody. And it's not, it's not been one guy either. They're just a really good team overall. They're also one of the best defenses in the league. Rudy Gobert's defense this year is ridiculous. He should be a near lock to win defensive player of the year at this point, barring an injury. And then the Hornets have been playing a little bit over their heads this year. They've been one of the best teams in the league against the spread this year. They've one of the guests, one of the best ATS records. Uh, LaMelo ball has been really good. Also, He's as much of a lock to win rookie of the year, I think, as Rudy Gobert's twin defensive player of the year. But I don't think this is the matchup to go back to him. He's 7,800 on FanDuel. And then on DraftKings, LaMelo is priced up to 8,600. In a tough matchup on the road in Utah, uh, there, there's other guys I'd prefer to spend up for. And then Terry Rozier is also really expensive. He was ridiculously good against the Warriors last game. Uh, but but still, he's, he's also gotten to a point where he's too expensive for me to roster, especially in this matchup. Maybe some more compelling plays on the Jazz side of things, although not necessarily Donovan Mitchell. You know, Rudy Gobert, Mike Conley, uh, pay down if if you're looking for you know kind of some mid to low tier value in terms of a, a Royce O'Neal, you could look at him as well. Well above the minimum, but still a guy who is uh, on the cheaper end of things. How about those names? Who stands out? Uh, another team I don't really have that much interest in. The only player that I, looks like I'm going to be getting much exposure to right now is Rudy Gobert. Uh, I think that he's a fine spend-up option on FanDuel. And then the 7,400 price tag on DraftKings, it's too cheap in my opinion. I have Gobert projected at over 40 fantasy points. 
So the the seventy four hundred price tag for me is too cheap. I've I've gone uh, I've been on Rudy Gobert a decent amount over the last couple of weeks, just because I don't think the price is appropriate. I uh, somebody who I'm almost always projecting to score over forty fantasy points, and he continues to be priced in the low to mid seven k range. So uh, Rudy Gobert definitely somebody that I want to get to. The only real concern here with Gobert and uh, trying to get a bunch of them into the lineups is that the Jazz are favored by twelve points and. It wouldn't surprise me at all if the Jazz just crushed the Hornets and then starters don't have to play in the fourth quarter. So that might mute my exposure to Rudy Gobert a little bit. But as of now, he is my favorite center play on DraftKings. If you are not able to watch your favorite Osmo content on YouTube, well, that's okay because almost, uh, I mean, for one, you could just go back and listen to it after the fact. It's not just live and it disappears. You can, you know, relive some of your favorite shows or shows that you just want to catch up on, like this one, for instance, if you tuned in late, you can scroll back to the beginning. Everything we've talked about to this point, all still relevant, so that's good. But also, you can go to the Osmo uh, you know, YouTube shows through the Osmo Podcast Network. We have a podcast for every single sport available on every major platform. Head on over to Osmo.com slash podcast. Check out the very latest. And once you are there, folks, you can drop a five-star rating, a review with your Twitter handle or Osmo username included. You can win a free week of Osmo Plus. It's worth it. Go for it. So leave those reviews, leave those ratings. We will be uh, giving away a free Osmo Plus Pass every single week to the person who submits our favorite review and people, I don't know who, maybe Greg could tell me, people are reading these things. It's not me. So you don't want to impress me, but you do want to impress the people that are reading these and try and win those Osmo Plus Passes. And good luck to you. Yeah, uh, I, I am reading them and just looking for people who mention me at all. That's that's all I do. I'm just I'm just looking for my name. If you if you say something nice about me, it makes me happy. If you don't sure. say stuff nice about me, then I just cry. As long as you write, you know, Greg or NAG or Nerdass Greg or Tinder Lake or any, you know, but followed by is really great. I love him on the shows. He's good. Yeah, and the other thing too is like I don't need I don't need food. I was gonna say I don't need water because I've been drinking water for a lot of shows, so that's not true. But yeah, I, but I don't I don't really need substance. I just need I just need engagements on social media, right? Like just like likes, retweets, positive Google reviews, affirmation. Yeah, just any of any of those positive reviews uh, on on the on podcast network. Like that's the kind of stuff that that's the sustenance I need. It, it's like it's like photosynthesis for plants. That's how that's how I get my energy and sustenance. Couple games left here and about 10 minutes to work with. Let's go to Washington in LA against the Lakers. And, uh, you know, it could be fun seeing Russell Westbrook, obviously, in that matchup. Bradley Beal as well. And both these guys projected for high fantasy point totals, north of 40, in some cases 50. You know, so don't be surprised by anything they do. Still, if you're trying to identify, uh, you know, a, a good play on that side here in this game, is it Westbrook or is it Beal? To me, it seems like Russ. On DraftKings, it's neither for me. I think the pricing is about fair. On FanDuel, I, I like Westbrook at 9,400. He's going to be in my player pool. Uh, the 9,400 price tag, I think it should be a little bit higher than that. Westbrook, after a slow start to the year, uh, was also dealing with some injuries. He's much healthier now, and he's playing bigger minutes. The usage is up. His counting stats are much better. Last couple of games for us, he played 39 and 37 minutes. He scored over 40 fantasy points now in five consecutive games. Uh, so the 9,400 price tag, I think, doesn't really accurately reflect uh, his improved fantasy production now, whereas the 10,100 price tag on DraftKings, I think that's a bit fairer for Russell Westbrook. So uh, neither Westbrook or Beal are guys I'm going to be getting to on DraftKings. I like Beal on FanDuel. One other play on FanDuel I think is a decent contrarian option. Uh, Davis Burton, who I don't expect is going to pick up all that much ownership. He's somebody else who, after a really slow start to the season, his minutes are up. He's played over 30 minutes in three games in a row. He didn't really shoot well last game against the Portland Trailblazers, but the two games before that, uh, 46 fantasy points against Denver, 32 fantasy points against the Rockets. So Bertans, who has been one of the better three-point shooters in the league over the last uh, couple of seasons, got off to a slow start, but I think a lot of that was injury-related. And now that he's healthy, the minutes are extended, I think there's a good amount of upside there. So the 4500 price tag is favorable to me on FanDuel. He's been priced up on DraftKings, though, where he's now at uh, 5,400. So two guys on Washington, Russell Westbrook and Davis Bertans, I think make for good fan duel plays, but not on DraftKings. Jordan in the chat, not our Jordan, a different Jordan says, Greg looks like he fell asleep by the pool with his shades on yesterday. You do have a little, a uh, little bit of a, you know, the, a, a different coloring under your eyes than you do the rest of your face. Do I? You do. Maybe it's just the lighting. Could be. 
Are you walk, <laughs> are you walking around outside and you know getting glare off the snow or something like that? No, <laughs> <laughs> definitely not. Not leaving ever. Uh, for the Lakers, then there are uh, many good plays on this side, uh, unlike Washington and unlike some of the games that we've been talking about. Clearly, there's LeBron. You've talked about how much you like him tonight, and understandably so. And he's projected by Alex, Alex Baker, our own Osmo, at six x value on DraftKings at north of sixty points. But Montrez Harrell is a strong play. Uh, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, strong play. Uh, you got Horton Tucker, strong play. Alex Caruso, uh, our own Alex, basically, is, uh, you know, also a guy who's in a good spot. It's really, you know, top-heavy with the exception of Kyle Kuzma, I would think. Yeah, uh, I mean, LeBron James, just to mention, I brought a couple other times. He is my favorite guy to pay up for on the slate. Uh, Caruso, I do think, makes for a viable value play, uh, considering what his price tag is. And he only played 20 minutes last game against the Heat. Uh, but if we go back two games ago in a game against Brooklyn, he played 26 minutes that game. So if we could get closer to the 26 minutes than the 20 minutes he played last game, I think for his price point, that's pretty favorable in both FanDuel and DraftKings, 3,600 on FanDuel. And then Caruso is at uh, 4,000 flat on DraftKings. I, I think both of those price tags are... Uh, fine for him. Uh, just hopefully he gets back to playing those 26 or so minutes. And I do think a matchup against the against the Wizards who play a lot of, you know, like Davis Bertans at center. They also play, uh, you know, Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal together. I think this is a game that's more favorable for the Lakers to play more small lineups than to play bigger lineups. So that should benefit Alec Crusoe a little bit as well. Uh, but nothing else that I really like from the Lakers. It's still a team where even with Anthony Davis out and with Dennis Schroeder out, it's still so much of the offense goes to LeBron that it's, it's hard to really find any of these role players to be really strong options. Uh, I agree with Kyle Kuzma. I think that he is uh, at least somebody to be in play, but also only on FanDuel, not on DraftKings. He's 6,700 on DraftKings, only 5,700 on FanDuel. He averages right around 30 fantasy points per game as a starter. So 6,700 too, too expensive on DK 5,700 is a little bit too cheap on FanDuel. It should probably be priced in between those two salaries. Ribs wants to know how you're feeling about Horton Tucker. So Taylor Horton Tucker is somebody who the minutes are as hard as they've been to predict for like Alex Caruso the last couple of games, Taylor Horton Tucker, here's the last three games for him without Anthony Davis, six minutes, 28 minutes and 18 minutes. So I have less confidence in Taylor Horton Tucker's minutes, even than Alex Caruso. Uh, I think there's definitely reason to think there's upside there because he's been a fairly decent points for minute fantasy groups when he's been on the court, but I don't have enough confidence in his minutes for me to want to make an investment in him. I'd rather get to Caruso for cheap if I'm rostering one of the, one of the cheap Lakers guards. Jared shouting out uh, Harold. There are a lot of people just, you know, talking about some of the players in this game. The only other game, by the way, is not happening tonight. Just a reminder, that's the Spurs and Pacers. That game postponed. So we have a six game slate uh, ahead of us that everyone should be paying attention to and, and carefully watching all the information as it comes out over the course of the day. But uh, as Greg has mentioned, you know, many times over LeBron James, uh, not only, you know, one of the more expensive plays tonight, but obviously his favorite payup option and a guy who is projected to be the high scorer on the slate by our own uh, Osimo himself. So before we do get out of here in the next few minutes, I want to, you know, take a little look-see here at uh, the Odd Shopper page. Do not make a bet without shopping for the best odds first. Betting lines, they change by the minute. You know that. They vary greatly depending on which book you are using. That is why it is important to use Osmo's Odd Shopper to find the very best line that is available on the game that you are betting, give you that edge that you need to beat the house. So head on over to oddshopper.osmo.com where we compile the best bets available for every single game updated in real time as well. Sign up for free and track your bets, receive alerts when lines move. So that in mind, you know, I'm looking at the page here. You got point spreads, game totals, money lines, player props, you know, all that good stuff, obviously. Uh, I could ask you about random ones, but do you have any favorite bets tonight? Uh, not really. Just, just what I said before, uh, that if, if I was betting on anything at the moment, it would be the Nets to win the Atlantic division. I don't think that they're, yeah. they're valued properly. Uh, they're as, so the Sixers are playing about as well as we could expect them to play to open the year. And the Nets probably got off to about as slow of a start as we could have expected from them. There was also a little bit of an adjustment period, uh, trying to integrate Kevin Durant, James Harden and Kyrie Irving together that and Kevin Durant's missed a bunch of games. He's dealt with and COVID. Kyrie He's not awesome. wanting to play. 
Don't forget. Yeah, exactly. Kyrie was out. Kevin Durant was out. But still, the Nets are only a half game behind the Sixers in the standings. And at least last I looked this morning, it, it was about even odds for the for the Nets versus the Sixers to win that division. And I think the Nets should be a, a pretty heavy favorite at this point in time. Some of tonight's action, let's see. see if I, so Utah and Charlotte, and I know this is not a game DFS-wise that you know interests us a whole bunch, but you know if you were looking to bet on it, it has the biggest spread of the night. Uh, Utah favored by 12, 12 and a half, depending on which book you're looking at. Is that a bet you'd be comfortable with? Do you think it's going to be that lopsided? Um, I mean, I assume that it's about a fair line. Um, if I go to like, I'll go to 538, for example, because they've, they've what I think is a pretty good model of just project of predicting what the fair spreads are for the game. Mm-hmm. So they have two different models on the site and they have it on one of them. And as the jazz is rightfully favored by 14 points, the other model has it as a 12 point spread. So I, I think that's about fair. It's, it's hard to lay that big of points just because you always open up yourself to a potential backdoor cover. Right. Uh, but, but still, I think, yeah, I think there's plenty of reason to think that's a fair line. How about a player proper too? a uh, guy that I was shouting out very early on in this program. You got uh, Zach Levine, who uh, pretty much across all the books that we're tracking here. Yeah, it's consistent. 30 and a half points, real points. Uh, you get, um, I mean, the over is minus 108 to minus 115, depending on the book. Um, the under is a pretty consistent minus 110, minus 112. Which way are you going with it? Uh, let's see. I have him projected for right around that number. And then if we, if you go to also, so if you, if you go to uh, awesome.com, we do have an NBA player props tool where you could see what uh, Alex has projected for the players and then uh, an expected ROI if you were to bet the number on them. And he also is Zach Levine projected for right around 30 and a half. He is, he is Zach Levine projected for 29.6 points. So something else that makes it not a number I want to go to. It's, it's pretty hard to find just value in the prop bets as is. Like, I think we should generally assume the books set fair lines. Yeah. Where I'm looking to bet... Uh, either spreads or or props is when players get ruled out unexpectedly. Mm-hmm. So if we had a situation the other day where let's say Steph Curry got ruled out, like we said, 30 minutes before the game, as opposed to after the game started, then I'd go right to the prop bet market and be like, all right, I'm betting the over on Andrew Wiggins points. I'm betting the over on Kelly Oubre's points. I'm betting the over on Draymond Green's assists. Like numbers like that. That's where I'm really looking to bet props or else I'm just looking at the numbers. And I generally assume that the books are probably doing a better job of projecting the players than I am. But they can't adjust for unforeseen injury news. So that's that's really where I want to hit those is props or spreads and lines when they aren't able to adjust for, for recent injury news. Okay. Uh, how about game totals then? You know, we talked about it. There, Most of these games are expected to have a ton of points. Uh, the highest, let's see, we got uh, Memphis and Dallas. The over-under is 233. Uh, you got 220s for most of these games upper 220s ultimately and I, I know the you know the books will tell you again it's it's the Grizzlies and Mavericks but which game do you believe is going to be the highest scoring tonight uh yeah I think I think Dallas and Memphis it's it's reasonable thing that's gonna be the high scoring is the highest total on the slate by about five points and I'm gonna throw in one thing about a total though mm-hmm. so DeMarcus Cousins we talked about him before no clue whether he's playing or not or what that situation right. is it's totally weird let's say he gets ruled out and then we look at the Rockets lineup they just have no big men I assume that would make them a much faster paced team, right? They, they would just be playing five, uh, like they would be starting, I guess, like PJ Tucker at center. And then they'd have Jay Sean Tate at power forward. And then when Tucker's off the court, they're going to be playing, you know, like Tate at center, or maybe they just go really small. They just do, they just play like, Hey, we just have five guards out on the court. We're just going to run and shoot a bunch. So I think that the 227 total in the Chicago uh, Houston game, I think that that would be a good number to bet the over on if DeMarcus Cousins is out just because of the amount of small ball lineups that the Rocks would be forced to play. It's a lot coming up for you over the course of this day here on uh, YouTube with the Osmo YouTube channel. So uh, coming up in just a few hours, 2 o'clock Eastern time, it's the PGA DFS uh, first look, obviously, at the next event. You got uh, Jason and Jeff will be getting together for that. And then NHL Strategy Show an hour later at 3 with Jake and Terry, and uh, the tip-off coming at you 5 o'clock. You'll be back with Eric and Kayla, obviously, for that program, taking you 
right to six for the NBA Deeper Dive with Lafayette and Adam. Then it's Spags and Josh at seven for NBA Live Before Lock and NBA Late Slate Live Before Lock for uh, Spags and Emac a little bit later on at uh, nine o'clock Eastern. So really, you should just, you know, at least after you take a couple hour break, come on back and then sit on the Osmo YouTube page all day long, get all the great information. Yeah, for sure. And then follow me on Twitter at GerenbergDFS. And then also subscribe to the YouTube channel, like the video, because uh, as Kaufman mentioned, we've got plenty more stuff coming down the pipe. All right. We want to thank all of you for watching along. Do appreciate it. Obviously, thanks to Jordan, who uh, I think he's still up. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's, he's there. Just a, a thumbs up. He needs some more coffee. Thanks to Greg. I'll be back with you on Thursday morning. Same show, same time. Looking forward to it. Be with Josh for that one. In the meantime, you will see Greg and these guys a, a zillion times prior Pay attention to everything, news, God, and the like that happens over the course of the day today so you can find out whether or not to play DeMarcus Cousins or Al Horford or any other guy that we're wondering about right now. All right, Nerd Ask Greg. Pleasure, buddy. See you, Kaufman.